Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland, and our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy because God truth will set you free. John 8:32. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. everybody out there. Hope y'all are blessed uh, in the Lord. Uh, and uh, we are um, excited to start a series on Bible prophecy. And the reason why is because it is a proving ground for hope that Christ will return for his own. Um, there are people out there who do not believe that there is a rapture and they don't believe that Christ will come back and secretly lift the rock that he actually made. Um, people are really fervently zealous to prove that there is no rapture. Therefore, I can assume that there probably is. Because people are zealous to prove that there is no heaven or hell and there is. Uh, that there is no God, and there is. So people are zealous for the wrong reasons. I um, tell my um, residents or patients where I work at, when I get a chance to talk about God, and God opens the door and I talk about him, and I say to them uh, that if you can prove the existence of God, certainly you can prove the existence of a creator of those shorts you have on. And then they, you know, try to be wise and talk about how, you know, there's a kid in some boiler room in Bangladesh, which I happen to have been there before, um, who has created these shorts. Now, how do you know it's not an old lady? Well, I don't. I don't even go there. I just say, well, how do you know there was a creator? And they look at me like I'm crazy. Uh, a brother. Um, yesterday, I was listening to a brother give a presentation, and um, by the way, by the way, it's Dave Reagan, and uh, he was talking about uh, someone had paid a tr- for him to take a little cruise, a little trip to Mount Rushmore, 
and uh, we know that that's the president, uh, four presidents uh, up there, and for the most influential presidents, some people thought that they might uh, add John Kennedy. Some people thought that they might add Ronald Reagan. But anyway, um, he was talking about uh, imagine going up to uh, uh, that um, monument and a bunch of scientists are standing there and you say, wow, this really looks like it came out by accident. And then the scientists will look at you like you're crazy. But these are the same scientists who say that the earth came from nothing. And how could you have a big bang from nothing? I have no idea. But anyway, uh, today's show, I'm going to kind of elaborate on some Bible prophecy. Uh, we are definitely in the end times. Uh, and I wanted to elaborate on the six-day theory, or the seven-day theory, if you want to call it that, um, and how the world was created in six days and God rested on the seventh. But many people out there are, or have been, and this is not anything new, looking at a seven-day schedule. I'm looking at an eight-day schedule, which eight, the eighth day is actually eternity. I'm going to be all over the place today because I, I haven't done a Bible prophecy show for a while, so... But when you look at the word of God, God is a God of time, even though he's outside of time. And God has have given man time for various reasons. Not only has he given us time for our work schedule, but he's given us time for life. And every day we wake up, we should be thanking God. The word of God is a living word, but it introduces parts of creation that you almost have to sit back and read it and be in awe. When we look at the time that God has allotted for Satan to do his masterwork and has given Satan a deed to the Garden of Eden, of course, he actually the whole world. He's the prince of the power of the air. One day God will not only throw Satan into the bottomless pit, but take him out, give him a little time, and then throw him into the lake of fire. By the way, where the false prophet and the antichrist are we are very close to the 6,000 years given it from Adam and Eve to Jesus was 4,000 years and we assume roughly 2,000 years have passed plus and in Hosea chapter 6 
it talks about after two days, he's talking in Israel, he will revive us. And on the third day, he should raise us up that we should be in his sight. The word of God also talks about in Second Peter, as he's talking about the end times, he says they are ignorant that they don't know that the day of the Lord, uh, that a day to the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. I was getting my scriptures crossed up. So, in other words, based off this six-day theory, a six-day Creation plan, I say theory because I'm so used to hearing the things I've been listening to, but the three six-day creation plan and on the seventh day God rested, then the 6,000 years will pass and on the 7,000th year God will restore all things to himself. So Jesus will reign and rule on this earth. Now some pockets of theology, theologians believe that um, there is no millennium or uh, millennium uh, <laughs> and they believe that some of them believe that they're going to restore the kingdom themselves now what did God Jesus say he said without me you can do nothing it says in Philippians the book of Philippians that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me so for us to think we're going to restore this earth, and the FBI can't even find most of the criminals, then we're fooling ourselves. Now, we have so much proof that we are in the end times. It's ridiculous. Uh, we live in a state, me and my wife live in a state that has legalized marijuana and has legalized gay marriages. And um, so I'm getting a taste of everything. I even lived in the states that are contemplating Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Hawaii are contemplating same-sex marriages. I do believe that eventually all states will enter down that road. Listen, you have to care for the person but hate the sin. I remember I ticked off one of the preachers in town here because I had said I used to visit their church. I was actually going to the church for a while. They said, how dare you tell somebody they should hate the sin and love the person? What else are you going to tell them? I love the sin too. Uh, United Church of Christ sues North Carolina to allow gay marriages. Now, a church, stay with me here, a church. You used to see this picture. It's on Rick Wilde's website, True News. He, it's, this pastor has a rainbow scarf around his, it's part of the clergy suit uniform. Um, and it's a rainbow. Now, isn't it funny how they took the rainbow and twisted it to fit their own bill? The rainbow is supposed to be a symbol that God is no longer going to destroy the world with water. 
Of course, Noah movie presented a over exhaustion of dynamite trilogy 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 uh of over exaggeration. It's the first time for a national Christian denomination to sue in favor of same-sex marriages, citing restrictive freedom of religion. See, they now see it's okay for them to do this. For them, freedom of religion. But when a owner of a uh, catering business is forced to serve a homosexual, they can't say they can't say no. So you go out of business. But you got a church going to promote homosexuality, marriage, homosexual marriage. Wow. So I'm going to take a break. I got to do something right quick. I forgot to change the time on this thing. So I'm just going to go an hour. But I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to continue on what we were talking about. Well, we're going to go back to the the sixth, seventh day theory. I haven't made up my mind what I'm going to call it. So I'll be seventh day or sixth day. But anyway, we'll be right back. October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcternan.name. Now, be prepared to re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now, from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future and the rapture of the church of the concentration camps of the enemy, your host once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to the zone, the prophecy zone.
Yeah, so as I was saying, uh, these things tie together the end time Bible prophecy with the seventh day theory. And a lot of this um, referred to by Jesus in Matthew 24, just in the days of Noah, man, we're eating and drinking and giving in marriage. Uh, and we know that um, the days of Noah and, uh, well, at least we know that the days of um, Sodom and Gomorrah was encompassed by sin. And a lot of people think homosexuality is what brought uh, brought. Sodom and Gomorrah down. But as you read in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, uh, and I have to remember the chapter, but um, in the book of Ezekiel, it talks about uh, the pride of men. And homosexuality was an offshoot from this pride. Now, how do you address that men burn for men? Well, you can read um, uh, Romans chapter 1 through 3, well, at least through through, 1 and 2, to find that out. Now, we are very close to things taking place soon. And when we look at a owner of a basketball team saying the things that he said was quite ignorant. Now, I was hoping that maybe he meant something else, but that's not what I'm talking about on this radio program. I'm going to get back to my point. But um, So it was, it was not good what he said. So racism does exist. However, racism exists in a black man as well as it does in a white man. It just happened to be manifested in him. Racism is sin. Martin Luther King said it best that you do not grade somebody for the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And we have bad character in America, folks. That racial comment from one guy is the least of our worries. It identifies that, yeah, racism does exist. Racism does exist, and I hate to say it, we're gonna we deal with it because the earth is cursed. From the our Garden of Eden until now, the earth is cursed. So we definitely live in times that the Bible calls the end of the age. And one day, when people least expected. Time is going to be changing overnight. See, people think that, uh, especially Bible prophecy buffs think that, you know, all heck is going to break loose. I've heard this from some of my friends, my good friends. I don't believe it. I believe that God has already reached the point where he is going to end this age. Judgment is coming on America, and judgment is coming on the world. We have reached 6,000 years plus. It's just a matter of time. 
for me, the Bible reads perfectly for a perfect fit for a rapture of the church. There are people in the church who are denying that the rapture will even come. They either say it's going to come at the end of the tribulation, which would be kind of useless. Because remember, the Bible says if God did not cut it short, the elect would not even make it. So he cut it short. So why would you need a rapture? I'm trying to make a point. Israel was born in a day. And one day, the amazing thing was that in one day, a nation was born. Sorry about that. I'm doing something. (laughs) But um, what do we see coming down the pipe? And what will usher in the tribulation period? the last seven years on planet earth. Now there are people I'm seeing a lot of things and I'm just on, I'm not always on uh, the internet. So even when you see me on, I'm sometimes I'm not on. Uh, But when I do come on, I see people saying all kinds of strange things like there is no seven year tribulation period and all this other stuff. And I'm like sitting here just babble. And I don't really even read a lot of it because it just gives me, it just makes me angry. Um, I'm like, and then they say stuff like your pastor told you or it's tradition or something like that. And I'm like, okay. So I'm stupid enough not to figure this out myself, and and that's, that's fine with me if if you think that I'm that stupid. And a lot of times people approach us as we're, if we're dumb, and the and their way is the right way. And I don't even I don't even approach it that way. I mean I don't even come hunting after mid-tribbers or post-tribbers or all millennial or whatever. I don't even go looking for them. They come looking for me. Um, let me see if this is the right scripture. It's Isaiah six six eight. It says, Who have heard such a thing? Who have seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. A nation was born in nineteen forty eight. May. And they really didn't form the government until a year later. And that is one of the keys to the end time. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that this generation shall not pass until these things be fulfilled. What things? All the things that he said in Matthew 24. A lot of people say, well, the rapture of the church is not in Matthew 24. It's not. You can sort of say it is, but it's not. Um, The four blood moons 
uh, do I believe those? Yeah, I do believe them. But I, I, I'm going to tell you this. I think they have to finish this process. Finish. They have to finish. And um, and if they are legit, uh, God is sending us a signal. And if they're not legit, then we're still in the end time. So what's your point? I'm talking to those who say that uh, the blood moons are useless, are not there. They just they're phone false. And I, I I'm not going to stay neutral because I do believe that God is putting those up there. I mean I'm not going to preach and say that there's a specific time um, that God is going to do it because I have no idea. I mean even if we are in the end times um, times fifty. Uh, I don't know if it's 2014, 15, or go, if it's going to go a little bit longer. My best guess is that um, I think we're in the right climate right now for uh, the rapture of the church to happen. You still can hear the birds singing. You still can see that the economy is decent. Uh, it's not the perfect, but decent. And I do believe that this is a perfect time for uh, the rapture of the church. And people are going to be like, what, what, what happened? I mean, I, I think it's going to be a lot worse than that, though. It's gonna, you're going to have church members who have nervous breakdowns. Even those people on Facebook and, and YouTube who are rapture, pre-rapture chasing people to t- turn us into heretics, even them, you say, well, I thought everybody's born again. Look, listen to my show from yesterday. Uh, you would get a notion. It, you know, the odd thing about yesterday's show is I ended up finding an uh, a, a individual. I won't mention his name yet because I want to get his book and read it and do a show on it. But he was talking about grace, how uh, there's a false form of grace. And it's funny because... Oh, that's not funny, though. <laughs> but it's it's weird because uh, when you read Matthew 25 and it talks about the ten versions and they're like, go find your own oil. That's, to me, the, the version of finding the Holy Spirit through the word of God. And the Bible actually says if you ask, seek, and knock, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. So somehow another easy grace sort of made it so it's difficult to understand the true gospel. And see, when they're out too busy trying to figure out what's happening, took his people in the ark and shut the door. And now they're beating out on the side of the ark saying, let us in. And I can see that happening on the day of the rapture. People have nervous breakdowns and church churches are, you know, emergency meetings, pastors sending emails out and and they're asking what happened, why are we still here and and then mainly the people on Facebook is going to be like, well, you know, some of them are going to disappear. Some of those heretic hunters, I call them heretic hunters. I borrowed that from TBN, heretics. But anyway, I'm just joking. I'm just being funny today. Um, but anyway, uh, people think that the pre-trip is, is a heresy. And they're going to be the ones left behind talking about what happened. Now, let me tell you how they got left behind. They, was, they weren't preparing. I noticed that the people who believe in the preacher rapture are preparing. Folks, we're, in, we're, we're, we're there. 6,000 years have already passed plus. 
and we're 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 right on schedule. Now, what I wanted to talk about right quick is um, the economy. Now, I'm not going to read any articles or, or nothing like that, but I, I just want to encourage everybody out there because me and my wife decided to start uh, really grabbing our uh, pocketbook and and managing our money correctly and putting money in the safe and buying some gold. Uh, now, it's not for the reason, like, I don't believe I'm going to be raptured. I think I'm going to be raptured, but I, I don't care. Somebody steal it at that point, and it's going to at least feed somebody. But um, enjoy life. When you get up in the morning, go outside and breathe the fresh air. Look at the peaceful uh, green grass if you got it. Look at the look at the birds touching the ground, and look at just look at look at your kids, and just look at your spouse, and just be thankful for what you got, because we never know what's going to come down the pike. Um, our financial system is going to be collapsed when the Obama administration or whatever administration is coming after that. I, I'm particularly believe it to be Obama administration, but uh, when they sign a peace deal, which will not have a time on it, everybody thinks Obama's the Antichrist. Well, we've been left behind in the tribulation period. It's probably going into its seventh, sixth year right now. So it should be some meteors falling from the sky, but I don't see anything. <sighs> I'm just being funny again. But anyway, um, Let's be realistic. Pope Francis is not. Let it go. He's not the. He's not the false prophet. He's not Pope Peter the Roman. Let it go. Um, just, just look for Christ. That's all I get to say. I mean, on this radio program, I, I can tell you right now. Matter of fact, I might spend a few minutes telling you that the Antichrist is unknown. Um, the European Union was having a uh, debate yesterday for their leader. Now, the Bible, and I never hear anybody say this, so I, I believe it's true. The Bible calls the Antichrist the king of fierce features. And people say, well, that's not features, feature features. That's actually features in his attitude. No, the Bible's already covered that. It says that he should have a look more stout than his fellows. And those people on that panel yesterday did not have a look more stout than anybody. They even had a lady that looked like she should be in Hollywood somewhere rather than um, rather than on a running for president of Europe. I don't believe myself. I don't believe it's Europe by itself. I think Europe is the is is the East Wing or the the West Wing, and I think that the European Union plus Northern Africa is the West. Is the East Wing, excuse me. And um, when the Antichrist comes to the scene, the the beast system is already there. But I don't think the beast system is here right now. It's here in shapes and shadows, but it's not technically here. Now, the Club of Rome divided uh, the world up into ten. The Bible talks about the Antichrist dividing the world up into ten. And he divides the world up for gain. So this is what I think will happen after the rapture of the church. I believe that out of 
somehow or another, just before the rapture of the church or slightly after the rapture, uh, the Mediterranean Union will get a new facelift. Uh, the union that Nikolai Sarkozy started in 2008. It'll get a new name, it'll get a new flag, it'll get a new facelift. And I believe it will start to gain momentum. And I think it'll be maybe 65 states, 75 countries. And um, they will understand or have an understanding that it'll be easier to manage a smaller entity than a bigger one. So uh, they make it possible to divide it up into 10 regions. And in my best guess, since Europe is bigger, it'd be five in Europe, two in Africa, and three in the Middle East. And the Bible doesn't really touch on this, but I do believe that the Antichrist takes over three, which is the Middle East. And, of course, the European um, Union's uh, new president will be over the European Union part, and then they will have one over Northern Africa. And um, I don't think the Bible really touches on that, but uh, that's just my best guess. So if they listen to this radio and they have not destroyed the Internet, then yeah, uh, maybe it might make some sense. If you're left behind, you can listen to this uh, radio program. But anyway, um, he should subdue three of the first ten. So, a Ottoman Empire, will you? Maybe Ottoman Empire, Ottoman Ottoman Empire will recreate itself. And then they say after, um, but before the rapture, I do believe that uh, Isaiah 17, Damascus will be destroyed, and Russia and its comrades will rush in like a mighty wind, and God will destroy them. Now, I don't know if it's simultaneously with the rapture of the church or not. But it makes some sense. The United States is no longer able to respond because prior to that, the United States lost its will through national disasters and economic collapses. Who is the Antichrist? The Bible calls him the Assyrian. Now, what's going on in Syria? And what will happen to Syria, Damascus? It will receive a mortal wound. But it's a type and shadow of the Antichrist who will later on in the middle of the tribulation period receive a mortal wound. Damascus is destroyed, giving a hit to the head of Syria, and a king or a prince shall come out of Syria. Um, and being the point that he is the leader of Syria at that point, they ask him to lead uh, the the region of the Middle East, which he says, okay. Then, as time goes on, he gains more power, and he gains, uh, eventually, he moves over to Europe and takes over the whole Mediterranean Union. I don't think it would have the same name. But I'm pretty sure it would be dressed right dressed, pretty sharp, uh, Adolf Hitler has some sharp pageantry in, in his um, quest for power. The swastika looked, a, I hate to say this, but it looked a pretty smooth. I mean, the uniforms that they had, the dress right dress, the, rehe the pageantry, 
Um, I, I believe that the Antichrist will do that same type of thing. Um, I'm thinking the dragon will be uh, the image. Um, a dragon plus an eagle. A dragon in the shape of an eagle. Um, mix those two together. I think the Antichrist is a monarch. A possible monarch. Put it that way. But I think he's going to run as a... Um, so he's inside of this Mediterranean Union and he comes from among them. And... Um, He's really bright. Matter of fact, he's genius. And the things that he says and does is just, like, mind-blowing. And um, so he solves all the world problems for three and a half years. And then he receives a mortal wound. Then he rises from the dead, brought up by the Pope at the time, whoever the Pope is which will actually be Pope Peter. Then the Antichrist rises and all homage is given to him to worship the Antichrist. Huh. Then he divides the world up into ten regions. Now remember in um, Revelation 17, five have fallen, talking about the empires, five have fallen, one is and one is to come, which will be the Mediterranean Union. Then the seventh, who is the eighth, which is the whole world being divided up into ten regions, will bring on the millennium or the thousand points of light spoken of by George Bush. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> I mean, the, some of the things that I thought that wouldn't even be is here now. I mean, homosexuality is a religion by itself. It feels like, and it's going up against Christianity. Christianity is the old way, it's the old way of thinking. And joining all the churches together to bring one big stank bowl of dog manure I mean you couldn't make this stuff up if if I if I'm if I if I wanted to play in a movie I think I'm playing in a worldwide movie right now and the only time you say cut is when you go to sleep you wake up and one day when you least expect it I think that the rapture of the church will bring this about now some people say that the, the day of the Lord should come as a thief in the night Meaning um, that the rapture has to, is not what he's talking about. But even if he's talking about the great tribulation period, which happens three and a half years later, the tribulation period still sort of begun and brought on the Antichrist because of the rapture of the church. Of course, of course, because of Ezekiel 38 and 39. The rapture of the church will bring about misery and anxiety to the world and they will scream for a world leader. Now let let's let's continue to um dove into Bible prophecy. 
And I've heard everything that Nimrod, Nimrod will be recreated to, you know, I've heard everything. I think the Antichrist is an individual person who is not reincarnated. He's just another person who comes from. Now, I literally think he could be of the seed of Satan. If you can have demons having a body. And the days of Noah coming down to cooperate with women, then Satan can also do the same thing, I think. So do I think a woman can get pregnant? <clears throat> now with the with the anti but doesn't the Bible say that he would not he would not um respect um the um religion of his father? Now could his father be a stepfather? This is just pure speculation, but let's get on to the back to the real issue at hand, and it's are you ready to meet your maker? Are you ready to meet God? Are you ready to listen for the trumpet sound and hear it? The Bible says that the end times will come on the world like a snare. And a snare is like a trap. And and traps do catch animals. Traps do catch animals. And they have no idea that the trap's there. And I do believe that that is true for a lot of churches today. They have no idea we're too busy having parties and having a good time at church that there's no repentance. God is asking us to manage even our thought life. He's asking us to even have a purified mind. The grace that people are asking for is the grace to let me do what I need to do. In other words, God has patience with me, which I I believe a sign that was in one of my churches that I used to go to. Um, I was in the military, so I moved. Um, it says, never, never, never give up. So how do you tell somebody to never, never, never give up Amidst the struggle of a sin, how do you tell that individual that God can set them free overnight, but in the meantime continue the struggle? I just tell them exactly that. Because it's unfair. Because with me, I didn't know. After all those hardcore churches I went to, you would think I would have known. That's why God talks about knowledge. Because knowledge, the more you know, and the more it is clear truth, and it is true truth, and it is simple truth, and his ultimate truth, then you can be set free 
And I'm going to do a, a show just on knowledge of God. Because the Bible is filled with the knowledge of God. But the knowledge of God must eventually be acted on every day. So for those who are out there, I know I visited this yesterday, but for those who are out there, first get to the point that grace is grace that helps you. It's not grace that watches you. It's grace that helps you. Grace that if you really believe that he can set you free, you can be set free indeed. God fights the battles. Don't get religious and say, oh, God fights the battles. No, really mean it. Really really understand that God fights your battles. God can do more in one day than we can do in an entire lifetime. So we have to let God finish a work in us, Philippians 1.6. And he will complete that work. And he will use you in a mighty way, friend. If Jesus was coming back five years from here, it's still quick. I got a six-year-old son. And this kid is, is, I mean, he's he's a, a breath of fresh air. I mean, he's a big kid. I mean, he's not fat. He's just big. I mean, he can, if God would go on for another 30 years, he would probably be an offensive lineman or defensive lineman unless he loses weight and be a linebacker. They ain't going to have no running backs by then. But anyway, I mean, this kid's been got sick. My four-year-old daughter, I mean, she's going on five. And it goes quick. So if time tarries, don't fall asleep. Go to the ant. Find out what the ant's doing. That's what God told me to do. He said, go to the ant. He said, because I, I, when I first started this ministry, I didn't really think it was a ministry. I, my wife was calling it a ministry, but I was sort of like just thinking, this like, I'm, let me preach to people. Uh, I'm good. And... As far as like making money, I want to get. I'm gonna write a book. And I'm gonna give three books. I'm gonna at least give two, three books away for free. And the other one is just because I just wanted some more money to do some more ministry stuff. My wife probably, you know, she probably look at me like I'm crazy, but I mean, she understands. I'm just joking. Uh, that it's not all about money. It's about getting the word out. And then plus, if you had. If you had a book to give away for free, you can bring people to your website, and at least you can share in that. But we're, I mean, time is too short, folks, to be trying to make some money off of books. I mean, time is too short. Now, if I can make a, some money off of a book, and you can, I'm not going to lie to you, I would take it, but I would probably be, buy me a four-bedroom house and and build a studio in the back and, and just preach the gospel more because I enjoy preaching the gospel. I think I can be a lot better if I if I prepare with prayer and actually prepare um, really hard. I mean, I got the gift to gab so I can come on here and not gab. I mean, but the Bible says to study to show yourself approved a workman that needeth not be ashamed. So my job from now on is to is to study and to deliver a message. And I'll get better, especially on Mondays when I have the you know, set free um, program. I'm, I'm still rough around the edges. I'm still like, you know, I, I have to remember where I came from. 
And, and I'm, I'm noticing that. I don't want to be too nice, though. I'm kind of like one of my kids. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to stop being so, so firm, uh, just to loosen up a little bit, but stay firm. And it's the same thing with preaching the gospel. You have to stay firm, but at the same time, preach with love. Because uh, how are you going to tell somebody something when you yell at them every five seconds? Uh, I work with kids, too. I work with the kids at a uh, treatment center. Um, I come to find out that you can't you can't yell at somebody. You got to talk to them with love. But I will get in your face. Um, I'll get in your face and I'll let you know that, hey, you can't practice sin. I, I was listening. I was looking at a trade yesterday and it was um, they were talking about um, the grace of God and uh, they were talking about exactly what I was talking about every Monday. Uh, the, the grace of God is not a license to sin, uh, but it's a license to be free of sin. Now, God has grace. When you get saved, when you get born again, you're, you're, you're born again, and it's just grace alone. It's faith, it's faith in Christ alone. But... Um, when you uh, when you really truly get born again, it's not that you're saved by works. You're you're saved by grace through faith. But you love Christ enough to want to do things for Him, and it, and it, and you can tell a a tree by its fruit. But anyway. In order to go to heaven, <clears throat> the first thing Jesus said is repent. And that means to turn from your sins and turn towards God. Or turn towards the way you were living and turn towards God. And that's what God is calling people out to do right now is to turn from <clears throat> your sins and turn towards God. The sinner's prayer could be useful. If it's explained that the first thing Jesus said was to repent. And the preaching of the gospel should be that God gives us freedom, power to stop sinning. He gives us freedom and power, but he also gives us guidance. And he gives us the strength and the tools to live a Christian life. It says in Romans 1, 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And the Greek means Gentiles. And then, um, if I can so be blessed to find it, um, Excuse me, I have a cough and I can't understand what this cough is. <clears throat> but um okay, so here we go. First Peter I better hurry up. First Peter one. And it's talking about 
I don't know this. Okay. It says, um, it says in verse 4, 1 Peter 1, verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. So you're kept by the power of God. That means that every day you get up, God is willing to live his life through you and that his power will be made clear through you. See, people say, well, I don't, I, I have this sin or I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm too dirty to come to God. Well, God is willing to clean you up, but you have to be willing to be cleaned up. And that's exactly what it is, is that God uh, is your sufficiency? He is. He is. He is your help. He is your uh, your your substance of which you are made of. So when people look at a Christian, they should say, "Well, I'm a follower of Christ. I belong to Christ. Not that I am Christ." Like some people say, "Well, that's, that's a new cult religious teaching." But I can be like Christ in these last days. So yeah, this radio program is going to be on Tuesdays talking about Bible prophecy and um, the nearness and closeness that we are of Jesus Christ's return. You know, uh, and it's written all over the place. If you watch the news, it's just, uh, uh, it's terrible. I mean, it's it's, it's terrible. Uh, and real quick, I got this one right here. It says the White House wants to issue you an online ID. Uh, and if we don't hurry up and get Barack Obama out of that office, he's going to be a dictator before you know it. I think any the next president would try to be a dictator, but I think the United States is going to be too weak. Uh, but I, I do believe that there will be martial law and that... Uh, we are headed for total dictatorship in this country. And we have to really think about what's going on in our society because if we don't if we do not wake up before too long, we are going to be in a dictatorship overnight. So uh, God bless everybody out there. I hope y'all have a wonderful week. We will probably come back on on Friday and 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 do a radio show. But um, we're gonna probably do Friday shows. Some of these shows are gonna be recorded, but uh, we're gonna try to get most of the shows um, live if we can. So yeah, uh, just keep. Keep keep us in keep us in mind, keep us in heart, and uh keep us in your prayers. We need prayer. We need we need we need a, a, a prayer team uh to to help us as we endeavor to spread the word of God. We'll be right back. Romans six twenty three says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prosperity Unbox Talk Radio. This next announcement is serious news, and you won't hear it in the mainstream media. We are living in an age full of catastrophic events, and it's getting worse. 
But before we go on, remember this website, highgrounds.us. In the past two decades, natural disasters have increased by 800% within the U.S. alone. Cataclysms like Hurricane Katrina killed and displaced thousands because they were not prepared. And the 2008 economic collapse could happen again, but be much, much worse. So type this into your web browser, highgrounds.us. Highgrounds.us is your complete source for family survival necessities. You'll find food and water with a shelf life of 25 to 30 years, plus tents, portable containers, light, heat, first aid, and much more. Go to our website, highgrounds.us, or call 1-888-202-9094. Place your order now and be prepared. That's H-I-G-H, highgrounds.us. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Highgrounds.us. October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on The Prophecy Zone as we explore the past observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus.